drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming to you on a Wednesday, as we always do, talking Lions football. Tough loss, frustrating loss in Minnesota. Got some real good things to talk about. Got some Kool-Aid to serve up. But might have a few rants here on the show that I got to get into. But we'll talk about what's going on with the Lions. We'll review this Minnesota game. We'll get into the old Twitter sphere, see what people are saying. Maybe a couple voicemails. Maybe talk about the Detroit Kool-Aid cast fantasy football league. We're going to get into the Seattle Seahawks preview coming up this Sunday at Ford Field. So much to do. Let's let's drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> let, let, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to have fun with this show one way or another. Uh, my heart is broken. That was a tough loss. There's no question. Let's talk about what's going on with the team off the bat. Tracy Walker, Achilles injury, out for the season. Gosh, you guys know that for years now, I'm not going to tell you I had Tracy Walker pegged in the NFL draft as a guy that I wanted. But I've been rooting on this guy. I've been hyping him. I've been talking about the go-go gadget arms. I've been saying, man, just wait till he gets his hands or those long arms on some footballs. Just wait till he starts uh, taking off those Nike butter stick gloves that he's been wearing here for a while and starts making plays. I mean, I love the tackles. I love the 120 tackles. I wish they weren't all, you know, 8, 10, 14 yards down the football field. But I love his mentality. I love this guy in the media. He says what he thinks. He thinks what he says. Love everything about Tracy, especially him rocking that 2-1. My favorite number in all the sports. The 2-1 is just so swaggy and so good. But uh, they paid Tracy, man. They gave him uh, what I thought was a good contract. He seemed all bought in. He's got that length. He's got the size you look for at safety. You can say the production hasn't been there, or man, I just don't see the playmaking ability. But you know what you do see? Lots of cleanup plays by Tracy, where he's um, making the play after a few other guys miss, or maybe he's saving our butt, or he's coming up and making a blitz here or there that's impactful. And uh, I just hate it. I hate it for the guy. I hate it for the player. Uh, seems like a great guy with a good head on his shoulders. All bought in on this regime. Obviously, we all know he didn't give a damn, didn't care at all about the Matt Patricia regime. He he hung in there. He tried to play as best he could, but he was he was not in there. But he was he's all bought in. He's working hard. I thought the plays were going to come as the season went on, and and sure enough, man, this guy blows out his Achilles, done for the season. You know, just paid him eight nine million bucks a year. I mean, I'm not saying that these guys that get paid are now dropping like flies. But I'm kind of saying that everybody that we paid <laughs> keeps going out hurt. <laughs> and I'm talking about Romeo. Wherefore art thou Romeo? Because I'm really wondering, where are you? <laughs> paid this guy. Blows his Achilles like game two, whatever it was. Haven't seen him. Haven't heard about him. Hope he's still out there somewhere. Hope he's doing well. But I'm unsure. But I know those paychecks are still coming every two weeks. To uh, 
to uh, number 95 there. You know, Frank Ragnow gets paid. Got a foot injury. He's got a toe injury. He's got a growing injury. He's got this. He was able to get back on the football field. That was nice to see. Now Tracy, a new guy that we paid. He gone for the season. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just bad luck. But I feel like we've been having bad luck on the injury or the, hey, we just paid this guy perspective for, I don't know, probably decade plus, probably my whole time being a Detroit Lions fan and, and kind of following this team, rooting this team on. So it's got to get fixed. And here's how it gets fixed. Next guy that we pay big money to, he balls out. <laughs> the next guy that we scratch a check for, he over delivers. <laughs> he performs on the football field. There's no, uh, there's no missing the season. There's no, Oh, I got to try to do better. You know what I mean? It's just got to start getting that out of these guys that we call these cornerstones and we pay. Now, am I very optimistic, very hopeful that Romeo comes back and is very disruptive at the quarterback and compare him up with Hutch and Charles? Yeah, of course. You know, am I, am I optimistic that guys like Josh Pascal are going to come back that were drafted highly and going to ball? Sure. Do I hope that Tracy does what every guy says once they get hurt for the whole year, but their check is exactly the same? So I'm going to be back better than ever. I'm blessed. I, I can't wait. I'm going to work my hardest. Yeah, I hope all that happens, but... It's just so frustrating to have a guy like this, a team leader, a captain, a guy that we just paid, a guy that seemed to be all bought in, a guy that we need. Because you might say, I got a lot of bodies at safety, or Kirby's going to play, or Elliott's going to play, or whatever, but I feel like safety was our thinnest position going into the season. They didn't address it. They brought a bunch of guys in. Deshaun Elliott, of course, I like. I was saying, I told Brad Holmes basically to sign that guy, and then a few weeks later, he listened to me, went ahead and did it, but... You guys can check the Twitter at Derek Oakry. You guys know the spelling. It's on the marquee. Um, but other than that, it's a bunch of bodies back there. I mean, it's very Kool-Aid, very optimistic for Kirby just to step right in and ball. It's 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 very um, hopeful that Juju Hughes can come in and play full snaps and, and be very dynamic back there. But that's what we're hoping for. And speaking of injuries, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, here's the thing. DeAndre Swift's our most electric football player. He has ridiculous shiftiness. He has um, very dynamic speed, I call it, the running back position. I'm not saying he, he's already got caught a few times from behind, so we know he doesn't have game-breaking type speed, but he definitely has the ability to hit the hole and get upfield. He has catchability, which they never seem to throw him the football. He has, uh, you know, ability to break tackles, which we've seen this year. He he can run outside, um, as Logan Lamarandier says. That's all he can do. I think he can go outside. I've seen some nice runs up inside this year and previous from Swift. But what I have seen is this guy is always hurt. And these these aren't these aren't seizing any injuries like Tracy unfortunately had. Which again, my boy, 21. I hope you come back. I'm rooting for you. Um, I'm just a little frustrated right now. Swift. I love you, man. You're my you're my dog. I've been rooting you on. I've been all optimistic. You're on about four, five, six, seven my fantasy teams. But I'm a little frustrated with you right now. It's because you're always hurt. <laughs> and like I say, these aren't, oh, man, I, I blew out my knee because somebody came up and, and hit me. This isn't, oh, man, I just, uh, you know, something bad happened in pregame and just one of those things. No. Swift is always hurt with, like, the... My ankle sore because somebody fell on it. Oh, my my shoulder's a little dinged up. I gotta I can't play in the fourth quarter against Minnesota when you need me. Oh, it's oh man, I know my I balled out a few games, but now I gotta miss about four or five games. DeAndre Swift says everything right. This guy does everything right. He's a dynamic talent. But a lot of us out there are getting to a point of no return with the injuries, with the unavailability. Not bailing on my guy. I know I heard some of the local radio was saying they're done with the guy and I can't deal with it anymore. And he, I'm just telling you, we thought this was the year we're going to fight through. This thought was was the year that was going to like, man, it's going to have to be something big to take me out of the football game. Here we are in week three. <laughs> He had an ankle injury going into week two. He barely played in week three. 
you you got tackled, which happens in football, and now I guess you have some shoulder ailment. I saw you right behind Dan Campbell kind of just moving your shoulder around. And now you're going to be out multiple weeks, it sounds like. I mean, yeah, we don't know all the medicals. It's probably unfair for me to totally crush this guy, but never going to be able to pay this guy or make him a standard of your team if you get six to eight, ten games out of a maximum. I mean, that just that's unacceptable. So am I hoping that Swift just missed two games, one game, comes back, proves everybody wrong, balls out the rest of the year, puts up all the stats we're hoping for? Of course. I mean, do I have to the sound drop? Drink it in, man. Cornbread! I mean, yeah, of course. That's what we're all hoping for. But it's just getting very, very frustrating to see all these injuries to key guys. And now 32 going down where I need you in fantasy. I need you on the team for the Lions. We could be getting Ws. We probably beat Minnesota if you're out there. And you're not out there. And we take an L. So, yeah, I'm a little hot about it. The other thing that's disappointing, I'm not, this is the Kool-Aid cast. This is where I'm optimistic. This is where I tell you every year the line's going to win 10, 12, f- however many games I always throw out at the schedule uh, preview. And here we are, week three, and my first three topics got to be Achilles out for the year, Swift hurt again, and Amon Ra also hurt. <laughs> Ankle injury. He's going to miss time. Like, this guy, I had to put it out in my Lions review where I just take like a few nuggets, try to make you guys laugh, put in a few nicknames, try to sum up the game in however many characters Twitter will give me. I don't know if you guys do this, but usually when I'm thumb, I know a lot of people just like put out these tweets that are like three words and they get all these retweets and likes. What I do is I try to use every character. <laughs> I literally will type something out and I got to revise eight times because I got to get all the characters used. I got to figure out how to say what I want to say and get my hashtags in and get some funny uh, things in there with however many the max is. I'm usually like, all right, I got it. I got to take three letters out. I get three letters out and I'm like, all right, good. Boom. I got nothing left and that's good enough. Send. That's kind of how I tweet. You know, I don't know if anybody else does that, but I'm trying to max it out and not put like three letters in an emoji um, and call that a good tweet. But uh, on my quick Lions review, I mean, I said ARSB and Jared Goff are stray money. I mean, these guys are just dotting each other. They're on the same page. They're making plays. They're putting up stats. I love everything about it. I literally am watching the game, and I'm saying, what's the ceiling for ARSB? I feel like it continues to climb. Like, this guy, I called him, like, that he could be or he's going to be a household name by the end of the year before the season started. I, I, I'm, i like, right there getting ready to call this guy in the in the area code, in the zip code, in the stratosphere of potentially the next Cooper Cup. I hear people call him Heinz Ward. I hear people calling him Golden Tate. Like, no. I'm going to tell you, this guy wants it so badly. He's such a hard worker, and he's so on the same page with 16 that I feel like this guy could be like a top... Gosh, where do you want to put him? Top 15? Can he get up in the top 12? Can he be like a dynamic... You know, WR1 in fantasy football and heading into next year? Yeah, I think so. I think he's that damn good. So the fact that he's got an ankle and he might be out is frustrating as well. So, of course, I've done what I normally do, which I went a bit longer on the initial three bullets that I want to get off at the top of the show. But I'm a little frustrated with all the injuries. Um there's not much else going on with the team. We're not making any moves or nothing dynamic going on. Just trying to get through some of these injuries and get some of these young cats and some of our premier playmakers back on the football field so we can win more ball games, which is what most teams do in the national football league. So let's get into this Minnesota review. I don't want to waste any more time. I don't want to harp on these injuries anymore, but I, I do want to get into the positives. Let me get back to the positive. Let me get back to the D Troy Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. There's plenty to pour out. There's plenty to be fired up about this football game. I feel like early on in this game, the D was strong again. Our defense was solid again. And I'm talking about you, Mr. Okuda. Absolutely shutting down Justin Jefferson. I'm talking about 
us getting off the field on third down, us creating issues for Kirk Cousins. You know why? Because Kirk Cousins, he's, um, uh, gosh, how do I say this? Kirk Cousins, man, he ain't that great. And he showed it again. I mean, yeah, he's lit us up before, but he had a Kirk Cousins-like outing. He couldn't find anybody. He was flustered by a little bit of the pass rush. And we were just getting off the field. This was another game where the Lions, I mean, gosh, we're up. We're up in this football game. We played well in the first half. We came out early in the second half. We're up 10 points late in this football game. You know why we're up late? I'm here to say it right now. I Every week I come on here, oh, man, Chop's his favorite quarterback, Jared Goff. Man, I don't know about him. He's got to show me. Man, Jared Goff, I don't, we got to get ourselves a new quarterback in 2022. I, I, we can't win big with this guy. You guys heard me say during the offseason, he can't throw. <laughs> you heard me do all that because I, I don't love this guy like at Chop's and the D does or comes on and bloviates about how wonderful what this guy's going to do and not do. Jared Goff is playing great football right now. Jared Goff can throw. He's throwing spirals. He's hitting people open. He's not getting uh, just flustered in the pocket. He's making a couple plays here and there with his legs. He's throwing to the right receiver consistently. He's doing something that Matt Stafford at times didn't do. He's damn accurate with the football. Getting the ball to the people that we needed to. Doing the right thing. I'm... I'm I, I would love Bryce Young. I would love some of these quarterbacks that are coming out that can run the football and that are big and athletic. But you know what Jared Goff is? He's all reliable right now. He's paid. He he loves his place. He's saying all the right things. He's actually doing well on the field. If, if we can't find a better option, I'm good with him right now, the way he's playing. Now, we're three games in. I mean, come on. This could change here in a couple of weeks, no question. But I'm telling you right now that I am rolling with 16. I like what he's doing. I like how he's playing. And if he wants to be here in Detroit and you can just take those two first-round picks and, and load up, I, I don't see why that wouldn't be at least considered at this point. Um, especially if you feel like you have to reach, you don't love some of these quarterbacks based on where you end up drafting. So all options are open is what I'm saying right now, based on how Jared Goff is throwing the football and playing. Okay. So I got that down. Let, let me talk about another positive. Dan freaking Campbell, just showing lots of guts, lots of moxie, lots of heart, lots of belief in his team. By continually going for it early on fourth down, he's not taking chip shot field goals. He's not, um, you know, just settling. He's going for some of these fourth downs and he's getting it. I mean, we got some real good stuff early in this game on third and fourth down, continuing drives that led to points, led to us getting up 10. And we had some bad and one really bad one that I'll get to in a bit. Um... Gosh, I mean, I saw Chark early in this football game. I saw Swift doing some decent things. I saw Swag running the ball nice all game. You got to love what he was doing. I saw Reynolds making catches. I saw Craig, come on, Craig, making runs, which I loved. Um, PJ Hawkinson catching the touchdown. I mean, like, this, this, we were rolling in this football game. This was a beatdown on Minnesota. Their crowd didn't want anything. They were sitting on their hands. They didn't know what to do. Detroit had come in, punched him in the nose a couple times, scored points, putting up D, couldn't get it to Je- Jefferson. Dalvin Cook was just bumbling around like he normally does, not doing a ton. We were we were dominating this game late into the third quarter. Dare I say, middle of the fourth quarter, deep into the fourth quarter. <sighs> And then it got then then it went off the rails. And here, here here's what happened. I got to get this in, I guess, for our great sponsors in a commercial break. So bear with me. Dan freaking Campbell, you went for it. Who knows how many times? I don't even have the stat. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna pull up the game stats and read them off to you like other podcasts. You guys watch the game, right? Dan Campbell's going for it like a wild man. He's just going. He doesn't care. He believes in his team. Here we go. Till he didn't. And that's my problem is I'm sitting here watching this game. First of all, we're up 10 and then we get, we get the fumble. I believe 
I, I don't know how you don't just put a nail in the coffin on them right then, but you kind of bumble around, you throw the football, you miss a couple plays here, there, whatever it may be. And, and they end up going down the field on you getting a touchdown or whatever. And you have a chance to, to end this football game fourth and four. You got a really nice runoff on third down that made it manageable on fourth. You're in kind of no man's land when it comes to field goals. And that doesn't even matter. That's, that's what I'm so upset about is like this field goal doesn't even matter. People are justifying it on the radio. I see people talking about this was the thing possibly to do. Don't give me this garbage about how, oh, it, it put us up six and make them score a touchdown. No, no, you don't settle by going up by, by six unless there's like 20 seconds left and they have no timeouts and you get to kick the ball off with, because it's a chip shot field goal. But this was never in my head whatsoever. When it was fourth and four or five, whatever you want to call it, it was, I'm go, go get, get this first down end the football game. The fact that they tried a 54 yard field goal with a kicker that had already missed one from the same distance and the fact that you thought you were going to go up six with like a minute 20 plus and you were just going to lock them down and, and they weren't going to just go down the football field like they had done previously on you with the fact that you said this was a high-powered offense before the game and you just thought you were going to continually stop them for four quarters, they were never going to get another one. That's 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 horrible by Dan Campbell. You don't change your spots at the end of a football game. You don't go up six and hope you can keep them out of the end zone. 120 is an eternity for NFL, any NFL team. I don't care if they have three timeouts or no timeouts. You shouldn't assume that a team will just go right down the football field on you. But this, this field goal is no gimme. And you know not only are you chancing it on a field goal with your kicker, you also know that because you're kicking it, now it's another eight yards that's going to be. So this is like they're getting the ball, what, at, at their 40? Heading your way? That's a short field. So, so many things could and did go wrong with this one decision rather than just going for it, having like a 50-50 shot that you get it, and the game's over. I don't agree. They might not get it. Then what? Well, then the ball's eight yards farther back. Now they're inside the 30, and you play defense, and you back your coach up because he believed in you, and you let him down. You go out there and, and try to go middle ground and kick a field, miss that, then they're closer, then they got the momentum, and then they just shove it down your throat in three plays where you don't know who to cover on defense, and they end the football game? Yeah, that that's just piss poor. I walked away from this game feeling like for four and a half plus quarters – what a great game, man. We're dominant. We're playing great football on offense. We're playing great football on defense. Special teams is always solid. We're just doing everything right. And then all of a sudden, we do everything wrong. And I'm looking at the scoreboard going, how do we how do we lose that football game? That's embarrassing. I walked away. I turned the TV off. I turned all my different screens off that I had going for fantasy football. I was in no mood after this game to deal with anything because of one decision by Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. I root for him. I think he's a great guy. I think he plays with his heart on his sleeve. I think he's smart enough to know that you can't just go by the numbers all the time, but you also can't just go by your instinct all the time either, Dan. And your instinct this time was horrible. It should have been, I'm going to do what I always do, which is believe in my team and go for it and deal with it if it doesn't work. You had done that for the, your whole time here in Detroit, and here you're just like, oh no, let's let's um, you know, let's let's try a calculated 54-yard field goal that puts us up six and gives them the ball with a minute 20 left, where they can still come down, hit a touchdown, and and beat you by one. Instead, you miss the field goal. They went down in three plays. Your defense didn't know who to cover, and they score on you. Now they are up four. Now you gotta go and try to score a touchdown with what 30 seconds left. And we know we can't do that with no timeouts or whatever we had in our back pocket. So it, it was just, I don't know how this game finished that way. It shouldn't have finished that way. You should have won this game. You only needed one more play to win it. Instead, one decision by you gave, you know, three, four other things that all went wrong for your football team. And you lost a game you should have won. It should have been a tremendous win. Instead, it's a terrible loss. Terrible. Gosh. 
Where's Charles Barkley when I need it? Absolutely terrible. That's terrible. Exactly, Charles. I agree. That's terrible. It was Dan Campbell, another one for you. That's terrible. All right. Done with my rant. I'm done with my segment. Should have beat the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to not only come back to bite you, but you did so many things good in that game. You should have won it. It was in the bag, basically, and you lost. That's why I'm so upset. Should have just went and got beat by 40, and I wouldn't be as mad, to be honest. But you're showing me good things. You're playing good ball, and then you go do that. All right, everybody. We'll have some fun on the back part of the show. I'm really fired up about the Seattle game. I got lots of Kool-Aid to pour out. Everybody, be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, I'm back from the break. I've calmed down. I'm ready to serve up some Kool-Aid, some positivity, maybe a double side of cornbread here and there. But uh, I want to first thank you for listening to our sponsors. That really helps the show. Again, the show's never been bigger. Um, still, you're going to get guests on from time to time, but I got to say it's therapeutic to just get on the mic and just pump up my team, but also get frustrated about some of the stuff that's going wrong. And I hope in like three weeks, four weeks, I'm looking back at this going, man, like those guys that were injured are backball and like, uh, you know, Dan Campbell made the right decision next time. Like Jared Goff is continuing to throw spirals and ball out. I mean, I'm hoping for all of that. You guys know that. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. Cornbread. But right now they're playing like so good. And this last game against Minnesota was so frustrating. So let's get on to other things. I told you guys I'm trying to make this a segment my life has been kind of upside down crazy the last few weeks, so I haven't done as well with it as I hope. I hope to pull um, some – Some. I've been doing some Twitter shout-outs. I know you guys like those. I'll try to do more of those. Um, I'm, I'd love to just, like, pull some of these great tweets. I see a lot of great stats, a lot of great takes, a lot of great Detroit Lions fans out there that I want to pull up here on this show. So I've been trying to do this Twitter segment where I throw out your handle. I pump you up for what you put or what I saw or keep telling you guys that's why I do the retweets. That's why I try to get my stuff out. Didn't have enough time to really pull anything. But I want to thank all the loyal Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers and fans that joined the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League. I think this is the third year. Third year we've done it. Um, third fantasy season at least. And... uh it's just fun, man. Just some some great loyal Detroit Lions fans in there. 
um, again, I hate to, you know, toot my own horn, but beep, beep. Um, you know, I was able to get the championship year one. I think that spurred some people on to, uh, to get their teams together and to, to get after it in year two, I fell a bit short. Um, you know, we're able to, uh, crown a new champ there in year two, year three. Um, yeah, I think this is heading into year three and, uh, I thought I had a great draft. We've got some other people that were real fired up. Uh, I do happen to be three and O. I did happen to beat, um, you know, good old. Uh, I believe his name is 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 Mouse Rat in the uh, in the. I think that's his team name. Uh, dude had me beat in week two, um, up like 40 points. I had a three percent chance of winning um, heading into Monday night, and then Jalen Hurts goes crazy. I end up creeping back. I think I won on the final play of the game. I won by half a point. Let me, I'm pulling it up just so I'm factually correct here. Yep, Mouse Rat, you had me beat. I beat you at 125.5 to 125. Incredible comeback. I had no chance, still won. Was able to win against my boy Luke in week three. Me and him always have battles in fantasy football. Luke, if you're listening, sorry I had to beat you in our college fantasy football league we did this week. I'm sorry I had to beat you in the Detroit Kool-Aid cast league this week. Oh, it's just kind of what I do. Drink it in, brother. Drink it in, man. <laughs> so, so I wasn't here to totally brag about myself, but I've done really well in this Kool-Aid league. But I swear, like, fantasy football is just a roller coaster ride, right? I'm, I want to speak to all you guys real quick. And I know some of you don't play, so you're probably fast forward in this. But please listen to this real quick. Because this is a, both a life lesson and just what happens in fantasy football. Like, I'm 24 and 12 here through three weeks in all my main leagues that I do, right? That's decent. But, like... All the leagues I'm losing in are the ones I care about the most. Or or most weeks, like when I lose, all my team balls out, but I run into a great team. Right? Like all these half excuses, half things that just happen that drive you insane. Last night, when I before I'm recording this, I needed a win in my biggest league with all my buddies. Um, it's the one I care about probably the most out of all my leagues. I was down a ton. Saquon Barkley balls out. You know, I'm going to win this, no question. Then he doesn't do anything the last couple drives of the game. I lose by .5. <laughs> Hoping for a stat correction. But, I mean, these are the things that just drive me insane with fantasy football. But the life lesson is, man, that, like, I can't control. I put my best roster out, as you guys do. You compete as best you can. The chips fall where they may. If you're 0-3 right now, try as hard as you can to just win the next game, as as the Lions and as the NFL people say, and you could end up making the playoffs and maybe win the championship. If you're riding high like me in the Kool-Aid Cast League, you're undefeated and you think, man, I'm just balling out. The bottom could drop out tomorrow because of a few injuries or a few unexpected. You just don't know, so you got to stay the course. You got to just try to win. You got to try to, hey, if you got some injuries, go try to pick somebody up that'll help your team. Try to make a tweak here or there. Try to maybe make a trade that gets you up over the top. But do the best you can each week and see what happens. Like, it's just crazy how it works. So I'm really enjoying fantasy football as I do every year, but it does drive me crazy, I got to admit, because I might be in 12, 15, 20 leagues. I want to win all 20. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy. It was like, oh, I was 18 and two this week. No, I'm annoyed by the two that I lost. You know what I mean? That's just how I operate. But, um, you know, it, it is fun across the board. Lots of good friends that I continue to have fun with in all these leagues. It's football, so you got to love that. It's as close as we're probably going to get to being a GM unless Brad Holmes give me a give me a call or an email one of these days and I can go help him out and, and um, bring him his coffee or whatever and, and work the draft board. But um, fantasy football is fun. All you guys are awesome in the uh, Kool-Aid League. I'm just looking at uh, some of the different teams. I mean, we 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 got uh, DET above all. We've got kneecaps and helmets. Um, we've got Team Penny caps. We've got Honolulu Kool Aid in there. We've got uh, we got Real Deal Sports Talk. KP is in there. We've got Fuswizzle. Um, we've got what are the names we got in here that that make me laugh? Rolling through some of these men. Uh, 
We got DK Cali Lions uh, representing from, looks like the 209, if that's his area code. Um, and like I say, Mousestrad, I hate to do it to you, man, but had to had to beat you by half point there and uh, and get after it. So we'll see. We'll see if I can pull home this championship two out of three years. But it's very fun to jump in this and uh, compete with the different people that listen to the show. And as I always say, man, I just can't thank the people enough that, that uh, hit that subscribe button, share this with a friend. Um, you know, always hit me up on Twitter at Derek Oakery being like, hey, man, that was a funny take. Or, hey, you got to you got to do this drop more or man, I love the show. I shared it with my, my, um, my buddy or my wife listened to it and laughed uh, at something you said. I mean, that's just, that's just funny stuff. That's always uh, entertaining and keeps me going. And uh, like I say, I've just been pumping out lions content for multiple years now. One of the harder working mans in the podcast game, trying to make you guys laugh, talk ball, not bore you to death, not have the same old opinions and, uh, and not take it too seriously. Talk ball, have fun, and uh, support our line. So that's what I try to do. So um, got that. And let me do one other thing here while I'm on my kind of Twitter, my shout out segment. Again, you guys are probably tired of hearing this guy, but I swear he's the hardest working man on the Kool-Aid hotline. He's coming in, coming in hot, trying to work his game. Now, again, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to critique this guy a little bit before I give him some love. And that's Bo to Frisco <laughs> and uh, Bo like this first call you made before the Minnesota game I had to cut out I think the first 45 some seconds because you, you didn't come strong enough you, you you weren't on your game but you created a new gimmick for yourself in the back half of the call which I found very entertaining and fun I'm hoping you keep this up and I think you are going to because you then you gave a call after the debacle against Minnesota and you did the same gimmick, which if you know anything about this show, I love gimmicks and, and things that make you laugh. And I thought this was not only well-crafted by you, but funny and something you can continue to do throughout your calls. So everybody, you guys know the number 989-272-3484. Um, you know, we're, we're still getting some calls. We're still getting some funny texts. I, a lot of you guys, I like reached out after and before this Minnesota game and a lot of good Kool-Aid drinkers. I uh, was talking with Keith from Puerto Rico. Tommy Lyon came in. Seamill um, from Wisco. Uh, we got a new guy. What, what's his handle? You think he gave himself a, a handle of called the Big Tuna? Or, or uh, gosh, what is it? I got to find this because the guy told me that he made up his own nickname. And it was so off the wall that I, I got to. Brutal Tuna. <laughs> and he's got something called the Tuna Slap that he's uh, trying to get here. So I, I may just have to call you Tuna, bro, just to keep it simple. But uh, he, he comes strong with some of his takes. We've also got Steve from Cali coming in. We got Kyle Dahmer coming in. Paul Jackson from Tampa. Mike from the NYC. Cornbread Jerry from North Cadillac. You know what I mean? All these guys have been in texting me you can just straight up shoot me a text here i will get back to you i will uh, talk lions with you via the kool-aid hotline but let's get back to bo de frisco oh you know what i probably did let's see i'm clicking on some of these other i did uh i had one of his things bookmarked so let me take a quick pause and get back to uh, bo's um, spot on his call because I, I can't give the whole call he's like two minute calls by bo and only like 30 to 45 seconds of gold so let me get that queued up i'll be right back all right, Kool-Aid drinkers, I'm back. Let, let's get Bo in here. I've queued up the parts of his call that I enjoy. Listen to this guy, and listen to the way that he brings the gimmicks. He brings a little bit of energy. He tries to do some of the things you hear on the show, and he also comes up with his own stuff that not only makes me laugh, but I think is show-worthy. So here's his first call before Minnesota with his new gimmick. Man, just anyhow, think how this team could be, man. When we get our starters and depth back from the injured reserve, Oh, man. So, Oakry, we got a big game away from home this weekend, and, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to be starting, but I do know a couple things. So, Bo knows, Jared Goff will find the end zone four times. Find the end zone. Find the end zone. Find the end zone. Find the end zone. You heard me four times. Bo knows. I'm on raw. Saints Brown will continue setting records this weekend. Bo knows the Lions keep the Vikings under 21 points. And Bo finally knows the Lions will win this by dropping a 40-burger on the purple and yellow. 
All right. Keep on keeping on. Hail the Kool-Aid tag. Go Lions. This is Bo DeFrisco, and I'm out. Bo, let me say, you know, shout out to you with that energy. You brought that. Now, if you were playing Family Feud with some of those Bonos, it might sound like this. <laughs> you might get the three. That was even four strikes from you of uh, Bo thought he knew. <laughs> But he didn't know, but I like the gimmick. I've been telling you Bo knows on Twitter, and now you've turned it into a segment. So Bo knows. Uh, I mean, he thinks he does know because he came back with this after the game. You know, but, hey, what's done is done. We've got to look for the future now. And our boys are going to make a comeback this Sunday against the Seahawks. Bo knows. Jared Goff's <laughs> going to get his four TDs. <laughs> Swift's going to be taking a break this week. Bo knows Amon Ross St. Brown will be back. He's going to have to start that record over again. But the season is young. And Bo knows the Lions are going to win. I'm keeping it simple this week. Go Lions. 32-14. Drink it in. Hail the Kool-Aid cast. I'm out. That a boy, Bo. That's what I'm talking about. Positivity. Put it behind you. Um, more realistic predictions maybe this week, except for your four tugs for Jared Goff. I mean, I just pumped up Jared Goff here in the, in the show, but I mean, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to be hearing Dan Miller, uh, you know, four times, but hey, I'll do it for you here on the show. Touchdown, Detroit Lock! Touchdown, Detroit Lock! Touchdown, Detroit Lock! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! <laughs> I hope we hear that four times or more, and, and I like that you have a blowout. I would love that. I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough football game. But, uh, you know, Bo's coming strong. He's coming in here. So um, I just encourage you guys to do the same. Like I say, if you don't want to leave a call, you don't have to. You can just text me. Um, send me your predictions. Send me a shout-out saying if uh, what you think about the team or how you're feeling before the game, after the game, whatever it is. And I'll do my best to get back to you as, as I can, man. That's, uh, that's definitely fun, and a lot of you guys are taking that up. Um, you can also voicemail and, and – like I said, usually Tuesdays around 7, 8 o'clock is when we're doing the show. So um, you can try to call in live, and who knows? I might pick up the call then, or if you call on a Saturday at 3 in the afternoon, I might pick up too and uh, and talk some lines with you. Who knows? But uh, who knows? Bo knows. Um, so that's my middle Twitter sphere shout-out segment for the week. Let's get into this Seattle preview. Um, you, you know, when I look at this game, to me, it's the Seahawks are – Good team because you know, they've always been solid. Pete Carroll to me is a guy that's all about competition. He's always in the mix. They have not really had any just tank seasons on the last few years. Yeah, they've been on the downswing. They've been having some of those, uh, you know, trading their draft picks and moving around the draft board and, you know, trading Russell Wilson and all that. But I just really like Pete Carroll as a coach in regards to how he's like an ultimate competitor and he's going to try to scheme up a way to come into Ford Field and and the hell out of the Detroit Lions straight up, you know. He's smart, he's his teams are physical. You know he likes to to run the ball. Uh, got some some receiving playmakers and he usually has some nasty dogs on defense, DAWGS, so you know, I don't, I don't think this is some cakewalk by any means. To me, the Lions need to bounce back. Kind of heard me say that after the uh, Eagles game, saying like, hey, you were close, but let's see if you can bounce back and beat Washington, which they did. You took a terrible loss. I mean, hate to, you hate to bring Chuck in for two segments, but I mean, it was that bad. That's terrible. Exactly. I mean, you have that type of loss. You got to bounce back. Um, against a team like Seattle. So they're going to have to find a way. You know, you're not going to have DeAndre Swift, you know, from all signals. And, and we pretty much know he'll be out at least two weeks. And then the bye week, and you'd hope he'd be back at that point. Um, he's a he's a big-time loss. You know, this isn't, oh, just plug in Swag and Craig Reynolds and we're good. No, it, you might be able to get by. You might be able to still run the football decently well. But you're definitely going to miss something without um swift back there is at least an option for teams to deal with you know uh that run game for seattle i'm not a big rashad penny fan now 
when he was coming out in the draft, I really liked him a lot. He sort of proved himself to not only be injury prone, but the more I've watched him, like I gave up on him in a few fantasy leagues heading into this season because I just don't think he has the right mentality. I don't see a uh, a guy that I see a guy with some talent, but a guy that's kind of been overweight most of his career and a guy that's not the ultimate hard worker. I don't see him being the ultimate bell cow. I know he's had a few flashes this season and really balled out the end of last year. Helped me actually win a a fantasy title, to be honest. The way he played those last few games um, was just out of this world. But I don't see that happening again. I see Kenneth Walker coming in here and wanting to show out for his kind of uh, where he played at college with the old Sparties over there. Uh, Sorry about your luck, uh, all my Sparty fans out there. I had had a few Sparties try to come after me when Michigan was down early. I said, easy, easy, it's going to be okay. And then when they got beat down you know I had to clap back and and send a little something back. So, Um, you know, who knows what's going on, but I know there's a game in October that I got circled. So we'll deal with that another time. But, yeah, I could see Kenneth Walker coming in here, getting more touches than you'd expect and and being somebody the Lions are going to have to deal with. Very physical, very good running back. You know, to me, if we have to be able to beat Geno Smith. And that's Smith with S-M-I-F-F-F-F-F-F-F. And normally that's a good thing because I've been repping that Smith since I actually put that on the back of a Kevin Smithy jersey um, years and years ago. One of the first jerseys I ever rocked. I uh, had to customize it. People still give me a hard time about that. But I was rocking at Kevin Smith. And so now I just call everybody that Smith. They've got to end with like 18 Fs. And Gino is right in that uh, that mix as well. But his Fs are a different quality. And that's this guy has flashes. He says all the right things. He's supposed to be some team leader. And Gino Smith ain't no ball player in the NFL. We should be able to hand this guy. This guy should be getting Fs on his uh, player report card, man. We should be able to come in, get this guy off his spot, hopefully get a couple picks, couple sacks, you know what I mean, turnovers, things the Lions always struggle with. Just, I'm just not scared of Geno Smithy whatsoever. Now, I know he could just be a game manager and maybe play a good game, but we, we have to rattle this guy. We have to remind him that he's Geno Smith, the guy that fell in the draft, the guy that's bounced around to who knows how many teams at this point. You can't let him come in and carve you up or manage the game and play mistake-free. No. He's Geno Smith. Please remember that. To me, the Lions offense you know, has been good, dare I say great these first few games, but it needs to be more explosive, more precise on the deep passes. I feel like we've missed four, five, six deep balls, and we've only played three games that could have been game changers. Don't give me this after the game. Oh, I wish I could have it back. Oh, I should have thrown it a little bit shorter. Oh, they lost it in the lights. Oh, it was just off his hands. No. If you're going to throw the ball down the field and have guys open, put it on them and score a couple touchdowns, make a couple big plays, big chunks, big explosive plays down the football field. And don't give me the ifs and buts or candy and nuts uh, stuff after the game. Make plays. Not ifs, not maybes. You know what I mean? That's what I need to see, the explosive passing game. I do feel like if Swift isn't out long and Eras B isn't hurt very bad, that we could continue to give other defenses problems. I mean, between those two, trying to get Mr. Hawkinson more involved, we got, you know, we haven't even seen Khalif Raymond on offense, and I, I kind of starting to like that player, you know, um, from what he brings in a speed perspective and what a hard worker he is, things like that. So I mentioned JMO is right around the corner. Like, you plug in him, who are you going to deal with? I mean, JMO. Uh, you know, Saint, Reynolds, uh, Leaf, uh, Hawkinson, Swift, Swag, um, the old line. Like, it's it's going to be a problem for people. It really is. Where we can go, what we can do, how we can do it. Um, just wait till, wait till this kid comes in and starts taking the top off the defense and making big-time game-changing plays. Um, it'll be a whole different different football team. So I'm still super excited. Um, I love what I see from this team. I feel like despite them being one and two, I feel like 
the games we lost were in those games. We could have had the one in Minnesota. It wasn't feel like we could or should have had the Eagles, but we were right there. Um, and, and we beat Washington pretty handily. So it's another game that I would expect the team to kind of come in there, feel like, hey, there's no reason we can't not only compete, but beat a team like Seattle in our home place. You know, forward field, need you fans to show up, need you to be rowdy, rowdy, get this team back to two and two, give them something to play for with your, uh, with how loud you are, how excited you are for this team. If something goes bad early, don't start booing, don't start, oh, here we go again. No, you're going to hang in there for four quarters, come out with a solid victory in this game. So I get to my score predictions and how this one's going down. I've been throwing out some big-time scores. I had a 41-burger uh, for the Lions last game. They didn't get to that number. I didn't expect them to put up 35 there in week one. They did pretty much what I expected against Washington. You know, for this game, I'm just looking at like a real solid, nice win for the Lions. I'm looking at like 27, 27, 20. 27, 20. That sounds, sounds good to me. I mean, I hate to put it like in a touchdown type range but I can't be throwing out 10 point victories like they're going out of style you know what I mean like a seven nice seven clean cut seven point victory I kind of see the Lions offense being good defense you know as long as they can hold down DK Metcalf and Kenneth Walker I feel like they'll be okay Um, you know of course Tyler Lockett has been known to beat you deep you got to keep an eye on him Um, but I, I don't feel like I'm overly scared of their offense their defense you know when it comes to like Brooks, their linebacker, um, they got some big long corners, you know, they, they got they got Quandre back there still which wanting to get a, a pick probably against his former team, but you know, it's it's not a ultimately scary. They always got some big boys up front that are that'll fight you, but they're no dynamic rushers per se that you gotta scheme for or anything. So I, I feel like this is gonna be a clean game. Lions gonna put up uh, 27, you know, the Seahawks might get one late to put it, pull it to 20, but then we shut the door. I see the Lions kneeling this one out as the clock runs out. Nothing to worry about. Nothing like, oh, we snuck it out at the end or somebody missed a kick. No, this is going to be a kneel down. Good, solid win. Nothing really to complain about. Well, well managed by Dan freaking Campbell and company. W for the Lions, 27-20. Lions back to 2-2. Two and two. Heading to New England to play. Man, I'll get into all that next week when our team bounces back after this Dubsky right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in!